0: got to be some sort of mistake, surely. We're back, within a week. No, six week break, no 18 month break. We're just back, on time, on schedule. Unbelievable. Welcome back to the Wilson Taylor Show, me, Andy, and the wonderful Jazz. Hello. We are the Wilson Taylors and this is coming to you from Sector 7 Studios down here in... Beautiful southwest France. Oh. (laughs) Those of you watching rather than listening will notice that there's been a little bit of damage at the back there. Look at that. Over there. Yeah. So, uh, if you're listening last week, you'll know that we talked about Quincy, the garden cat, who was above the ceiling last week. We were waiting for him to plummet through. Well, he did in the end. (laughs) It was a a botched break in. Uh, But he broke back out again. So uh, that's the last bit of the damage he left behind. I still haven't quite had an opportunity to fix it yet. It's been a busy week. Mm. Very busy. Very busy indeed. Mm. Um, So we thought we would bring our dogs in this time with us because I feel like they'd be missing us in the house. It's an opportunity for an awful lot of stuff to go wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Well, Quincy's no longer here, so we do need an animal in the studio.
0: I just want to point out he's still alive <laughs> <laughs> right he's still with us yep. just you um, valiantly blocking him out and mm-hmm. got up a ladder
1: yeah take that Quincy
0: and blocked off all of his entrance points so that he could no longer squat in the ceiling Maxie, so um, that's good I mean, hope it means I could work uninterrupted this week in the studio it's been a whole week of work in the studio for me
1: no you've been really busy
0: Um, yeah and had a gig last night so if I'm a little horse (laughs) then that's why
1: Um, I don't know any horse jokes
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah me neither Mm. Um, it was a nice gig wasn't it
1: it was really nice
0: down at the brewery in Montpazier, lovely nice crowd
1: Mm, really nice nice
0: beer Mm. what else have we done this week I know. Just exhausted. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm wearing my hat again because those of you that know me well enough to know why I wear a hat, uh, it's normally because my hair is shocking underneath, and it's one of the things that we should have mentioned last week. Really, about the truth behind living in France, it's impossible to find a good hairdresser in France. Mm. Mind you, that might just be one of those things that comes uh, when you live in the countryside. Yeah, and there's just nobody here.
1: I think it's that one, yeah.
0: (laughs) But I've, uh, yeah, not had a haircut in months. And it is awful. I look like a Lego man.
1: You look fine.
0: Mm. So anyway, it's hats on for now.
1: Hats on, boys.
0: (laughs) Might be just one reason to go back to the UK for a short trip. To get a haircut. Get a haircut, yeah. Um, Yeah, still haven't really figured that out, have we?
1: I haven't cut my hair for over two years.
0: <laughs> you, you haven't even gone down the road of getting your hair cut in France at mm-hmm. all.
1: No, I've just bleached it beyond repair.
0: Just hoping that it'll just all like break off.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, good. The dogs are having a little bit of a wrestle, so that's a good start. <laughs> <laughs> that's a really, really good start to the podcast. Oh, no. <laughs> So last week we uh, put out a Q&A on Instagram, mm. and we were going to do that straight away. That was going to be the subject of last week's podcast, but in fact, we got more responses than we expected, which is nice. Mm. Um, so we wanted to extend that for a little bit and then actually give people a bit more time to ask some questions.
1: We had some really good questions, actually. Some not so good.
0: And yeah. Thanks, Gavin. Don't name any now. Well, he's named him already.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, name and Shame.
0: Gavin is my brother-in-law. And uh there's always one in the family, isn't there? There's always one.
1: I feel like I should say it now.
0: Well, no, don't give him the airtime. He doesn't deserve it. No. <laughs> Vetoed. Get out. Banned.
1: And then there's but there's that one that can also go with it. I
0: know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> getting getting trolled by vegans and non-vegans alike on the yeah. vegan front. Unbelievable. <laughs> We'll just, we'll just say hello. Hi. Hi, guys. Hello, thanks, thanks for your questions. Give us better <laughs> ones next time. <laughs> um, I mean, do you want to just jump right on into yeah. it? Yeah. Get, get the questions on. we did get quite a few.
1: Yeah, why not? Um, okay, so what inspired you to move to France?
0: Well, it, uh, inspired is an odd choice of word. Because um, there were lots of reasons why we chose to do it. I don't know whether or not they're what inspired us to do it. I mean, we used to watch a lot of TV programs uh, about people moving to France and the continent and stuff. One which we're going to be on next week.
1: Week after?
0: Well, yeah. 27th of Jan. Yeah. That's when we're going out on the TV show.
1: Yeah.
0: So that's exciting. Anyway. Um. Channel 4, 4 p.m.
1: That's UK time.
0: UK time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got a massive satellite dish installed so that we could watch it, didn't we? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, I used to watch those all the time. And uh, obviously your mum moved out here Yeah. with uh, her husband, Drew. Um, and his brother and their family have been living out here for 30 years. Mm. So, you know, I'd say definitely, like you know in the region you're coming here as a kid, it's definitely been inspiration for you to come out this way. Yeah. What I think that question is actually asking is...
1: Why did we leave the UK? Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Why
0: did we leave the UK? Um, I wrote a blog post about this about a year and a half ago, uh, which goes into quite a lot of detail. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the channel in the past, but, um, you know, we were at the point where in the UK we were both working two jobs, effectively. And... Um, And we were living in a rented house in Exeter. It was the first time I'd ever had a house. I mean, God, when we lived in Brighton, it was like two rooms for 1,100 quid a month. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Um, And, uh, you know, we we were okay. I mean, you know, we weren't struggling financially, but we were living hand-to-mouth, right? It was like, get the paycheck, pay your bills. Oh, I've got nothing left. So we were never in a position to really um, buy a house in the UK. The only way we could have done it is by getting a colossal mortgage Mm. and um that is just us signing a contract for the next 40 years of our life saying our life is going to stay exactly the way it is right now which was never seeing each other (laughs) you know i'd I'd come home from work and i'd have to go into the studio to continue working Mm. um we moved to Exeter in the first place to ease the commute thing whereas before that like I mean, it was insane. I was getting about two hours sleep a night when we yeah. were living in Plymouth. It was just absolutely bonkers. You'd be up at four thirty to then go back to work again, mm.
1: um, and that was really difficult because you were you were leaving at four thirty and coming home at at five. Yeah, and I started work in at six. Yeah, <laughs> at six. <laughs> yeah,
0: and then and, I'd, I'd continue like, working as well.
1: Yeah, until like twelve or one, and then I'd come in and you'd be asleep, and I. Obviously, I'd go to bed, but we'd only see each other for about an hour.
0: Yeah, so you know, I think I can't, I can't really stress this enough. The the financial climate for people in our generation in the UK is just so appalling yeah. that you, that there's just no, there's no way <laughs> without help from your family, basically, mm. or if you're going to win the lottery to to successfully get onto the housing ladder, mm. really. So you're just constantly at the mercy of the rental market, which you know again it's just like the price is just astronomical. Yeah. Um, and you know we were in good-paying jobs. Yeah. Uh, by like retail standards. Yeah. And um, it was just never going to happen ever.
1: I mean, we were in a position to start thinking about buying a house, which is where the idea came from. Yeah. So.
0: So then we thought, okay, well we we can put aside a little bit of a deposit, you know, got a little bit of help from the family to get on the housing ladder. What can we do with that money mm. to, you know, make our lives better, right? Instead of just like buying a house, buying the house we were renting. Yeah. That, that was like option one. Option one. Let's buy the house that we're renting right now. Yeah. Uh, next to a main road, you know, next to, um, or, for, a, a, you know, a fraction of the cost, really, mm. by, this place, which, you know, we'd never be able to afford this in the UK. No. Never. But crucially, this house facilitates an income for us as well mm. in a way that we could never achieve buying a similar house in the UK. Um, <laughs> I knew bringing the dogs in here was a bad idea. Um, it just made financial sense. And, and the the byproduct of that decision means that we're able to spend all of our time together. You know, yeah. our business is at home. You know, uh, we we have dogs now. <laughs> you know, we, we immediately found ourselves living the kind of life that we dreamed of living. Maybe once we'd reached retirement, retirement age, mm. right? But we thought, well, actually, it's possible to do it now. You just have to kind of forget what you think you want. Because <laughs> it's so easy to focus on, you know, the next promotion at work. Yeah. Or... Uh, You know, it'd be great, you know, six months time, maybe I might be able to afford to buy this house or,
1: you know, and that, uh, you know, that whole work thing was the main thing that, you know, both of us were saying in the UK for like, we could get promoted, or, um, you know, we could do this job instead, we could do that job. And, um, and it just, that's not how I wanted to live. I didn't want to live like, oh, well, I could, you know, I could get promoted. But then I'm waiting two years Yeah. to To wait and see. Like, I don't want to have to wait and never see my husband or, you know.
0: Because well, the years just go by, right? Yeah. I mean, like that, bam, you know. And um, we were so stressed and we were so tired and just, like, broke,
2: mm.
0: you know. And uh, and I loved my job. I absolutely loved my job in the UK. We are very lucky in that respect. Yeah. But it's still just, like... There was just something missing. Yeah. You know, there was just a hole in my heart that needed filling mm-hmm. with something. I
1: mean, we worked three doors away from each other as yeah. well.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And still it was and like, we still see you once s- a week.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: so, yeah, what inspired the move? Lots and lots of things. Yeah. The economic situation in the UK. Uh, the, the kind of climate. Yeah. Uh, in every sense of the word as well. Like, weather-wise. Just like sick of being freezing cold and getting rained on, uh, but the the kind of political, social climate in the UK as mm. well, beginning to feel a little bit like.
1: I don't have anything in common. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
0: you know we're we you know we're loony lefties basically <laughs> as far as people are concerned in the UK, and that's fine. You know a lot of people like us, but um, feeling more and more unrepresented. Yeah, in the UK. Mm. Um. And just wanting to basically go and live on a desert island. Oh, no like <laughs> this basically is. Yeah. So, yeah, great question. And uh, I could go on about it for days.
1: Yeah. Um. Ooh, this is quite fun. Um, we had a lot from one person. And so I feel I should start...
0: Oh, yeah, I remember these. Yeah, it's basically three questions in one.
1: Yeah. Um, Okay. So, I'm looking to buy a property in France within the next one to two years, but what's some good places to find reasonably reasonably priced properties? Right move doesn't seem to be very good. Assuming... Assuming that this person's in the UK, if they're looking in, yeah, on totally. Rightmove. Yeah,
0: well, they're, they're doing what we did, and yeah. that is such a good question. So, when you're doing your, your property search from the UK, it is tough because you're looking at English websites, right? You don't know where you're where you're looking. Um, and Right Move, all the prices on there are aimed at the UK buyers, yeah. So they're inflated way beyond what the true market value of the property is, yeah. Because people like us and like yourself, when you're looking at the property online, don't really have a feel for the market as it actually exists on the ground.
1: Yeah.
0: Um,
1: Which is what w- the situation that we were in.
0: Yeah, and and people buy properties at those prices because some people, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice, some people have got enough money to go, yeah, that house looks lovely. I'm just going to buy it for the, what they're asking. Mm. Um, so, yeah, there is a, a, a small amount of properties that just get marketed directly to UK buyers for that reason. Um, so what you want to do is, obviously... Ideally, have some sort of idea of the region that you want to buy in. First of all, if you don't, there's a website called Green Acres, which uh, all the local estate agents use for their listings, and it's quite good at casting like a broad net over the over the region. Yeah. Um, so greenacres.fr, Acres dot fr, I think it is. I Green Acres. I don't know. I don't, I don't think, know. think
1: it is. That Just f- Google it; you'll find it. Okay.
0: Um That's really good. Uh, there's also um, an estate agent that operates across the whole country, uh, which we saw a lot of properties on. We didn't end up using them in the end, but they, they, they were quite good. And that's Leggett.
1: I think that's how you say it. That's how we said it.
0: L-E-G-G-E-T-T. Leggett. Um, they call themselves uh, Leggett Immobilier. And immobilier is the word for estate agent in French. And that's the crucial bit of advice. So once you know where you want to buy, type in the little name of the town. So, for example, if you know, we wanted to buy in Torliac, where we live, we would type in Torliac into Google IMO, I-double-M-O, mm. uh, or Torliac à vendre, as in for sale, mm. and then you'll just find all the local estate agents uh, which are being marketed in French, unfortunately, so you have to you know do a little bit of a Google Translate on it. Um, but then those are the prices aimed at the French market, mm. and that's the true representation of what the value is. Also, I should point out, it is a buyer's market here particularly now there's quite a lot of English people thinking about heading back to the UK because they don't want to do the Brexit paperwork (laughs) shocking um so the prices that are listed I mean I you can pretty much knock 20% off (laughs) well I mean we we did we we knocked knocked 30% off yeah
2: um
0: I think we're very lucky with our circumstances with the house um but, yeah, remember, it's an asking price. And they're hoping that you were unfamiliar with the market. Um, and your best weapon there is to is to be familiar with what things are really worth. Uh, you know, uh, the best thing you can really do as well is actually just come over here and have a look. Yeah, well, that's... Meet someone.
1: That's what we did, you know. Because we were looking online and then we came over and it was just... It was a whole different ball game.
0: Yeah, there's just so many properties that, like... <laughs> French websites are terrible, basically, right? It's, it's like they're still operating uh, internet from 1998. I don't know why. Even big companies like Ikea, you know, yeah. their their French version of the website just doesn't work. It's awful.
1: I am going to remove the animals from the studio.
0: Oh, okay, okay.
1: So you carry on.
0: Right, okay. Oh, I'm flying solo. Gosh, I don't know if I'm qualified for this. So... um, the, yeah, the website's terrible, and basically people are really shocking at updating the websites. So um, that's why it really pays to actually come over here, pop your head into an estate agent, meet someone, talk to them about what you want from your property search, and the chances are they'll have hundreds of properties on their books, on their computer, that they're just not listing because they can't be bothered to update their website. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that's about it for my advice for that. All right, questions. Um, um, okay, I can't actually find the other one from that same person. Hang on a second. Uh, okay, yes, there it is. Yeah, there are a couple. So, uh, are the general costs of the house expensive and the cost of living in France? General running costs of the house... I'd say it's comparable to the UK. Some things are slightly more expensive, some things are cheaper. Um, She's back, thank God. Um, Water's pretty cheap. Um, (sighs) The thing about, like, French houses generally is that they're not particularly well insulated. Where are we? We're talking about the general running cost of um, of owning a house in France compared to the UK.
1: Ooh, good question. Um,
0: Yeah, I, I think all in all utilities are pretty comparable the other expenses that are different are your <laughs> your taxes. So your equivalent of your council tax and your uh, like bins and stuff like that. Yeah. So there are two main taxes that you need to be aware of um, when you buy a property in France. There's the tax fonciere, which will be listed on any property website, and that is the property set, uh, so a price set. Um, by the local authority uh, it's, I really don't actually know what the tax foncier is actually all about it's something about the the potential rental value of the property I, I don't know I was reading about it it was really confusing um, tax foncier as a rule if you're in the centre of a town will be more expensive so you know if you're living in the centre of Villarreal your tax foncier could be like a grand a year ours here out in the countryside is like 400 mm. Uh, and our property is much bigger than the ones that you'd find in the town. So if you want to um, reduce your tax foncier costs, don't live in the centre of a town. <laughs> um, and then there's the tax de habitation. Which, um, so the tax fonciere is paid by the owner of the property. Tax de habitation is paid by the person living in the property. So if you buy a house to rent out for someone, they'd be the ones that pay that. And that's kind of the equivalent of the council tax in a way, isn't it? But they are phasing that out it pays for your local fire service, your TV license is rolled up into that price as well. Is that Um, the one they're getting rid of? Yeah, yeah, they're phasing it out in France, which is why they're introducing a new bin charge. Oh, yeah. Um, And uh, it's a little more difficult to find out what the tax de habitation actually is going to be for a property. Yeah. We didn't know that until we were here.
1: Yeah, until we got the bill.
0: Until we got the bill, um, which is an interesting one. Uh, but it, it's pretty similar to the tax to her, tax to f- uh, tax foncier for our property, isn't it? Yeah. Um, again, it's about four hundred or so a year. The thing to watch out for is that they both come at the same time. Yeah. Um, well,
1: a month apart.
0: Yeah, and it's like around Christmas time.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which this year we were <laughs> we weren't expecting it. No, we had no and, idea. And we like didn't put like a this specific money aside and all of a sudden it's just there and we're like shit.
0: <laughs> yeah. December's <laughs> expensive because like you got Christmas first of all which we tried not to participate in but it happened. Um, your heating bills go up because you've actually got to put the heating on. Yeah. you got to buy wood for the fire and you've got to put your radiators on. Um, tax de Habitation turns up. Yeah, Tax foncier turns up. <laughs> Our first tax return yeah, we submitted as well. Yeah, uh, and it's all like in the middle of winter when you're not there's, like we've got no money coming in from the rental of the property, which is our main business. Um, <laughs> just like plan for that because yeah. <laughs> w- we didn't, and uh, the bills just kept on coming. And um, yeah, that was pretty scary. Yeah. So you know, put a little money aside for winter, not just to feed yourself, but that's when all the big bills come. Yeah. Um, you know we know people whose tax foncier is like two grand mm. and their tax d'habitation is also two grand and their tax bills are like ten grand <laughs> so December suddenly cost them fifteen grand and they're yeah. like what? <laughs> you know we're never going to earn enough money to be in that kind of situation <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely something to think about
1: so that, what was that? our general running costs yeah oh, yeah. oh excellent um, and then there was one more
0: from the same person
1: yeah how long did the whole buying process take from submitting an offer to collecting your keys it's
0: pretty quick I think because one thing the French are good at right is telling you right there's going to be a lot of paperwork there's all these things that got to happen you're like oh god it's going to take ages but it happens exactly when they say it's going to happen it's not like in the UK where people say oh you know it be easy and then it's bloody nightmare well
1: we had dates set
0: we had dates set they stick to them it's good so there's there's like three main steps in the house buying process there's the the submission and like acceptance hopefully of your offer which is stage one and that is a written offer it's technically a contract yeah uh so it's more binding than it would be in the uk yeah. Um, so you go to your estate agent.
1: Which I didn't realise. <laughs> because when we made the offer, we were just like, yeah. Like, They're never going to <laughs> accept that. They're never going to accept that. They're going
0: to laugh us out of France.
1: And like, he wrote up this contract. I'm like, oh, this is a bit serious. I've never bought a house before. So I thought this was just, you know, what you do. Yeah. And um, yeah, printed it out and had to sign it and everything. And I was like, oh God, have we just, what have we just signed for? Mm. And yeah,
0: so once that's submitted, the vendors will then have the opportunity to, you know, accept or refuse that offer. Once they've accepted that offer, there's a seven-day calling off period that begins, and uh, they can pull out during that seven-day calling off period. Once that calling off period is over, they then can't pull out. Mm. So they they can't get like the jitters at the end of it and go, oh well, you know, actually I'm not selling the property to you. That's it. They're bound,
2: mm.
0: which is great. As the buyer, you can just pull out whenever you want, mm. <laughs> basically. Uh, well, kind of, through this period. Yeah. So uh, once they've accepted the offer, then um, things like surveys and stuff like that will begin. They'll be commissioned by the estate agent initially. They'll then um, instruct the notaire's office, which is the legal um, representative for both parties. They're the ones that put everything in. You know, They actually do the legal transfer of the property from the vendors to the buyers. Um they begin preparing their first stage of paperwork for something called the compromis de vente, mm. um, which is the first, like, really formal part. Um, that's when the bit that really feels like you're buying a house. Yeah. And that'll happen I don't, maybe, like, mm, three weeks or so after you submit the offer, maybe. Uh, and the compromis de vente is very important because what that does is it it lays out in a very, very clear and very wordy contract mm. Uh, exactly what it is you're buying um, and what condition it's in Yeah. so that will include the um, dossier diagnostic technique of the property mm. which is a basic survey for stuff like termites uh, nuclear waste yeah. <laughs> you know like the, the stuff that's like mm. you don't want to buy this house what they don't do is a structural survey because most of the properties have been here for 200 <coughs> years anyway so they're not falling over anytime soon mm. but it'll be yeah basic diagnostic of the property but it won't be a structural one talk to you about things like your, your septic tank
1: you have to pay extra for that don't you yeah
0: you do you have to commission it yourself Yeah. Mm. Um, and you'll do a walk around of the property on that day with the vendors as well pointing at stuff, being like yeah, I want l- that leave that here <laughs> take that away Uh, and the important thing about the compromising is, is that technically speaking on completion day which would be a few weeks down the line from there the property should be in Identical state to how it is on the day of the compromis because you have signed to say like this is what I'm buying and exactly how it is.
1: Yeah. So, a lot of houses here, when um, when properties are sold, they take everything. They take the light fittings, the sinks, they take the lot.
0: And they, they took the plants out of the garden at your mum's house. Yeah. They dug them up.
1: They dug up the plants.
0: I've never heard the, of that in my life. The
1: bushes, yeah, they took <laughs> they cleared that place out. And um and so that's why you have to do this walk around I'm like I want this, I want this, I want this. Yeah. Um I mean they they can say this is ours. That's non-negotiable. <laughs> you yeah, yeah. can't just be like, "No, that's mine." Um but that's why you have to do that walk around because because they can, technically they can take anything.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's it's so detailed. It's even in like Uh, Like, is the grass cut? Yeah. You know? And our vendors are amazing. They mowed all the grass to everything. Mm. Um, And they did it again for the completion day. I think that was Bernard. Maybe. Our neighbour. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Um, So your Compromise event is, yeah, your first kind of contract that you're signing properly, that's signed by you and the vendors together. Then the notaire has to then uh, prepare the final contracts. And um, the amount of time that this takes is... This, this is the really solid amount of time that's kind of non-negotiable. This takes eight weeks. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting why they begin uh, their searches, the notaire, right? So that's like finding people who might have a reason to prevent the sale from going through. So people that it belongs to that aren't giving consent to the sale, mm. for example, like inheritance or stuff like that. Um, is there any other legal reason why the property can't be sold? Mm. Um, things like right of access. Um... And then this other strange thing, if your property comes with lots of land, they have to uh, essentially give the local farmer's first refusal to buy the land that comes with the property. Mm. So they could sweep in there and go, right, no, I want that. I want to buy that, please. (laughs) I've been waiting for decades for that to come up and I want to buy it. It's weird. Mm. They don't actually, as far as I know, call them up and say, Oi, Patrice, do you want to buy this property? I think it's just like, you know, when we got married. uh, The notice. The notice. Yeah. And like at the local... Uh, town hall, or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like there's a record of it that's public and people can look at it if they want to. Yeah. Um, so that process takes eight weeks. You cannot speed that up. And you don't want to speed that up.
1: Ours actually took a little bit longer. Do you remember?
0: There was a short delay on it, yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: Why was that? Uh, so
0: the FOSS? No, I think it was one of the family members who inherited passed away.
1: That is correct, yeah. During that eight weeks. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So then it had to be... We, we had 13 vendors on our house, which <laughs> is just, just madness. And they all had to accept the offer. They all had to sign the paperwork. My goodness. But I, I don't think that's too uncommon in France, because I think there's a lot of properties that um, people have lived in them until they died. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, their, their family lives in Paris or whatever, and it just gets inherited and then inherited. And yeah. You end up with all these names on the contract. Uh, we're very lucky that all the vendors were just local people here, which is nice. Um, and then you'll go in into the office on completion day, which would be, you know, it's when you sign this thing called the act de vente. That's it. That's when you're buying the place.
1: That's it. That's your hundred pieces of paper, A million pieces of paper you've got to sign.
0: Yeah, and you're picking up the keys, and uh, then it's yours. So all in all, it took us about three months.
1: Three months. Yeah.
0: Um, and I think that's pretty typical.
1: That's from putting the offer in to walking through the door.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. We know people that have been through a slightly quicker process, but they, mm. but it, pff, I don't think it worked in their benefit. I think there was more confusion at the end of the process. Um. Right. Next question.
1: Next question. Um. <laughs> I kind of just want to answer answer this. (laughs) Have you got vegan McDonald's in France? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: It's a resounding fuck no. (laughs) Um, So much of a no, in fact, that they don't even have a vegetarian option on the menu. So much so. Isn't that ridiculous? No,
1: they do. It's just the Emmental, isn't it? It's like. A cheese, it's like a oh, fondue. That's
0: new, though. Oh, is it? Yeah, 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 yeah. When we moved here like a year and a half ago, they um the the veggie burger that you can get anywhere. Like my classic McDonald's go to for vegan veggie burger no mayo. Can't get it. Doesn't exist. The only vegan thing on the menu is chips, chips. and they are three euros twenty for a portion of chips. Oh, What's polling. that?
1: Uh, oh my god!
0: So no, no, no naughty McDees over here for us. Unfortunately, not Uh
1: Would you be able to recommend an approximate minimum budget required to do what you guys did?
0: I mean, the easy way for us to talk about that is just for us to talk about the budget we spent on this. I don't want to go into too much detail, because, like, I don't know if we were very good at budgeting. Um, but... Here's the thing. It depends totally on the project, yeah. doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it does. I think we... We had a big project with a very small budget. And Mm. so we had to do what we could with what we had.
0: Yeah, and and that meant buying everything secondhand.
1: Yeah. Or free. Yeah. from a tip or whatever. And even then we spent all our money.
0: Yeah. (laughs) It cost us, well, okay, we came over here with like 20 grand in the bank. Yeah. To live on for a year and renovate three houses. Yeah. And we did it. Um, which is pretty good, I think. I, I
1: don't, I've never <laughs> done this before, I don't know. <laughs>
0: but, you know, we did all the work ourselves Yeah. with the help of, you know, volunteer friends.
1: Mm.
0: Um. We didn't pay a single contractor to do anything.
1: Actually, the first time we paid someone to do something was the satellite
0: guy. Yeah, last week we got Chris last the Dish week. to come over and align our dish for us. <laughs> yeah, that's the first job that we've not done ourselves. Um.
1: That's mad, isn't it? Yeah, that is mad.
0: So, um, you know, I could do the whole like I'm trying to give you good advice thing here, but like always have a contingency budget because you know the roof's <laughs> gonna leak. But like, just come over here with what you got and just get on with it because <laughs> you'll make it work. And like, there's plenty of places that you can get bargains from. There's a website called Le Bon Coin, which is like Gumtree, yeah. where you can buy basically anything for nothing. Basically anything. Um, <laughs> You know, again, it's like, don't just go through the English marketplaces, right? Find the French yeah. version of it where people are selling stuff, what it's actually worth, and you will get something. You'll get bargains.
1: We got so many bargains on Le Bon Kwan, It was unbelievable.
0: Yeah. That the disco shower,
1: disco shower, holy
0: shit! Like that shower in the shops, like twelve hundred quid,
1: brand spanking new. And
0: this guy bought it right, and he didn't. It didn't fit in the room that he wanted to put it in. It was too big. <laughs> it was too big. <laughs> he gets it home and he goes, ah, oh. <laughs> shite. So he bought it off him for what three hundred and fifty euros, I think, four hundred euros. No, it was.
1: I thought it was three hundred euros.
0: Absolutely mad. And it's the kind of shower that we would, like, walking through the the builder's merchants <laughs> and, like, getting in it, in the shop, like, being Whoa! like, wouldn't it be wicked to have a go in one of these? You know, it's got lights, it's got a radio, it's got, like, massage jets, it's got a fucking bench in it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's living it. And, uh, yeah, we've got absolute steel on it.
1: Yeah.
0: So do the work yourself, buy stuff secondhand, get on with it.
1: Yeah. Good answer. <laughs> um... Uh, sorry,
0: you're going through more more trolling questions.
1: Yeah, <laughs> thanks, Jen. Oh, right.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: no, she did ha- actually. There was one question: what was our animal adoption process? Which I thought was quite fun.
0: Yeah, here's a really good, really good question. I mean, there's a lot of animals that need adopting over here. Mm-hmm. Um, th- the good thing is, there's a lot of people who have time to spend volunteering for local rescue associations and it's a good mixture of French and English as well. Yeah. Um so I think you'd do well to come here and not very quickly become familiar with the local rescue association. They're involved in all the local events there's like book fairs and stuff and they're great you want to go get you know a sack of books for a fiver. Oh my
1: god, yeah that and was amazing. so good.
0: That's was, that's was kind of how we started and we we got acquainted with the SPA the local Yeah. Um, local association. Like
1: we want to adopt a dog and everyone's like It was just suddenly yeah. we were just swamped by everyone Be like, "Do you?" <laughs> Do you? <laughs> what kind of
0: dog? I've got seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um yeah, and the process was just, you know, um getting to know the people that run the association.
1: Well, yeah, we got to know the association, which was fantastic. And I I um I was told that there's um, some puppies up for adoption so i went on the website and it says um it says a little bit about the puppies (laughs) got my hopes up and got so excited um phoned and um they were like oh sorry but um they've been adopted already gutted, but also not, I'm really happy.
0: It was at this point that you decided to actually tell me what was going on. Yeah,
1: I didn't tell Andy.
0: <laughs> She's like, oh, by the way, I've fallen in love with these puppies that we were going to adopt, and I've just missed out on it. Um, can, so, we, can we get a dog? So we have to get a dog now.
1: And then I, um, and then I, phoned, um, I uh, phoned the association um, and spoke to uh, one of the members, and um, she said... Um, watch your email? I'll email you some pictures of um some puppies. <laughs> and uh, that was it. That was literally it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, basically, one of the rescue puppies that had been rescued, uh, one of the rescued dogs that had been rescued, was pregnant, which is where... Big
0: no-no. <laughs> they were very cross about that, weren't they? Yeah, they were. It's one of the first things, Is like, you need to get your dog... Yeah. Taken care of. Mm. Don't want them making babies. And they did. And they did make babies. But.
1: And um that was where we got our Sookie pup.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then uh you know, same process for Max a year later, really, wasn't it? You saw him on the website. So You him were on the like website. Oh, I want him. And then we adopted him straight away. Yeah. Um there the ca- the cats were different.
1: Yeah. With the dogs though, there are um like protocols. Protocols? Yeah, they'll
0: do they'll do a house visit and um you they make sure that you're suitable. Yeah. Because the last thing they want is a dog going back into into care. Yeah. Um, because there's just so many. Um, I think culturally there's a bit of a difference between the way the English and the French think about their pets. Yeah. So there are quite a lot of abandoned dogs.
1: Now, if we were to adopt another dog, I'd definitely go for an older dog. Like a pension pensioner dog. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the cats were different.
0: Well, they were just born in your mum's garden. Yeah. And it was like, oh, I guess we'd better take them home.
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then the other cats, the same situation.
1: Born in someone's barn.
0: Yeah. Get your animals neutered, folks.
1: Mm.
0: And, you know, adopt, don't shop.
1: Adopt, don't shop.
0: I guess uh, this is a really good opportunity if there's anyone listening that's uh, interested in getting a dog, right? Mm. Or, Or a pet, a cat, whatever. We can help. Yeah. Right, we know we know lots of people who are looking to rehome dogs. Mm. The local association has the most beautiful dogs who are just looking for homes. Um well
1: you've, I think you should like name
0: Yeah, and and many of the dogs come with passports as well so they can go be ta- taken to the UK. Um but the, the association is the Phoenix Association here. Yeah. Uh, and, and they're associated with the SPA. Um the Society de Protection des Animaux. Yeah. Um and they're they're the National Association, the SPA, aren't they? So um, yeah, we know lots of animals that could do with going to good homes, mm. so we we can help.
1: Great, great answer, great question. Um, <clears throat> what's your favorite vegan, French vegan food that you haven't made? Vegan foie gras, or foie
0: gras. Yeah, that's pretty good. I, d- I really don't know if I've got an answer for that because we make everything ourselves. Yeah. And there's even things we've gone out to eat that we do make.
1: Mm. Favorite French vegan food that's
0: that we've not made? Hmm.
1: I was going to say my croissants, but. <laughs>
0: well, yeah.
1: <laughs> we made them.
0: Um, I got nothing, folks.
1: <laughs> that doesn't say a lot, does it?
0: No, what but we it, talked about this last week. Is you know our um we our choice when it comes to vegan food here is pretty slim.
1: Mm. Um, which is your favourite pet? <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask us that. Well, they won't hear.
0: I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't say which is my my favourite. They're no. all they're all unique individuals
2: yeah
0: you know and we've got different relationships with all of them they came into our lives at different points you know yeah there's something really special about adopting your first dog yeah but I don't think I love him more than anyone else <laughs> you know he winds me up just as much as the rest do <laughs> um, and uh, what are we doing tomorrow Jazz <laughs>
1: We're going to look at some alpacas. <laughs> this was a hundred percent your idea. So basically, it no, no, it was like flown around in conversation, like, "Oh, um, so and so um uh, has some alpacas available <laughs> that you know need need a home, need a home," and um, and I came home and said, "Oh." There's some alpacas that need rehoming. <laughs> <laughs> Not that there's some alpacas that need rehoming and we will be rehoming them. You you then were like, well, we've got to have them. We've got to have them. Listen,
0: let's just say that you've got very good at planting the seed in exactly the right way. <laughs> right? Um, I mean, We've been really confused about what to do with the backfield of our property for ages because it's like the single biggest bit of land on our property. It's massive. It's flat. It's all grass. And, and what are we going to do with it? We've we got, n- we got nothing. It's like build a tennis court or... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you guys can hear that. I don't know if it's coming through the microphone. One of our cats is meowing outside the door. <laughs> and they've been doing it 15 minutes. Constantly. So anyway, tomorrow we're going to go meet some alpacas and just learn a bit more about them and see whether or not it's something that we want to take on. Mm. Um because crucially, we, we wouldn't have to buy them.
1: Yeah, they need rehoming. They need rehoming,
0: and uh, that's something to think about.
1: Something to think about.
0: <laughs> I've got mental. That's what's happened. And so have you. Oh
1: God no, I, I can't like say yes, this is a hundred percent my idea. Cause I just like, I just mentioned it, and you're you're a hundred percent on board.
0: I'm on board from a business perspective, mm. because I think it brings people to our door. I think you know it puts a, a big neon sign above our house saying, "Hey, come and come and check us out." Yeah. And it's something for people who aren't staying here to come and get involved in.
1: I've never met an alpaca.
0: I have once, a long time ago. Can't say I liked the guy. No, I do not <laughs>
1: Um there were some really good questions under our post the other day actually that I think we should read sure because some people don't um don't um see everything um did you both speak fluent French or did you just get by?
0: You can answer this if you want
1: um so no <laughs> when we arrived in France um we neither of us spoke any french at all we had basic basic french Mm. um i did gcse french Andy did like a year of french at school yeah i did
0: german at gcse
1: um but i can't remember anything and andy didn't remember anything so we just we kind of just we literally did just get by um and with google translate um just giving it a go Um, you were much more confident than I am with that. And I think that's where our differences are because I relied heavily on Andy because he was more confident. So I'd be like, oh my God, I can't, I don't know what to say. I can't. uh, uh." (laughs) And then Andy would just be like, calm the fuck down. (laughs) It's fine. Like, I'll just get it done. And yeah, and he did. And so his French skills have improved a lot more than mine have um but you've joined a french band as well and and they you know you speak you speak french with them and that that improves you because you know if you don't understand something then they'll try try in broken english explain it um but yeah it's it that's really, really improved. And plus, he was going out to the builder's merchants and speaking French there, whereas I was at home, like, trying to get everything in order. And, and I, you know, I haven't had that opportunity. However, I do know how to order some worming tablets. <laughs> yeah, you go to the vet. I go to the vet and have a nice conversation at the vet about, like, the dogs and the cats and... You know, if you need a tick treatment, I'm your gal. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, you know all the lingo for that.
1: Um Yeah, so I think yeah. we just you just get by. Everyone they appreciate the fact that you do try and.
0: Oh my god! Yeah.
1: Um, if you just go and speak English, they're they're just they're like not helpful at all. Whereas if you go and you say to them in French, and they kind of.
0: You're like, listen, I'm learning. I'm
1: learning. I'm really
0: sorry. I don't know how to say this thing. And
1: most of the time they'll laugh at you, but it's a funny way because they're not used to it. They're not used to people saying, I'm really sorry. I'm learning French.
0: Um, I think that they absolutely love it when you try. (laughs) I've had nothing but the best responses from people, even when I've got something completely wrong. Yeah. like, Like you say, I was going to the Builders Merchants a lot. And as is always the case when it comes to learning a language, <laughs> like, immersion and exposure are key, right? So you're right, I've had more exposure to this. But this also means I've had more opportunity to get it wrong. Yeah. Because I've, I've, I've had to go out and do this. It's like, we need to buy stuff for the house. We need to buy plasterboard. We need to buy tiles and stuff. I can't come home without them, otherwise you'll shout at me. <laughs> so I need to talk to the guy at the shop and be like, can I have this thing, please? So I wanted to buy a shelf, right, from the, <laughs> from the builder's merchant. But I didn't know the word for shelf. And my phone had run out of battery, so I couldn't just Google translate it and, and ask him where the shelves were in the builder's merchant. So I asked for help in the kitchen section. right? I speak to this person. I said to him, listen, I'm looking for a thing. <laughs> right? And I'm really sorry. I'm learning French. I don't know how to say this thing in French, but I'm going to describe it to you. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> okay. So I was in the kitchen section and I pointed at the countertop. And I'm like, it's like this, right? It's a countertop, but it's small. <laughs> And you put it on the wall and you put books on it. <laughs> and he's like, you mean a shelf? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, i mean in a shelf. And then he took me to the, where they were. So, you know, yeah, you're going to look like a plonker. But that's fine.
1: Do you remember the word for that shelf?
0: I think it's étage. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> um, it might not. Um, maybe it's not. I, I think um, it's the same word as, uh, it might not be étage, it might be étage. Or it might be similar. I think maybe shelf has an accent on it. Uh, Because étage means, like, first floor, like le premier étage. It's like first floor of the house. Oh, I see. So, you know, just just showing off. Um, Yeah, like, you've got to try. You've got to try speaking the local language because if you don't, you will just be another one of those irritating Brits who just sits there just talking in English, a little bit louder, maybe the French accent, and, like, there's there's too many people like that here in France.
1: Just give it a go. If you look like a plonker, they'll appreciate it. Yeah. You know, they won't think, oh, my God, that guy was so silly.
0: Yeah, oh, my God. He was trying to speak French trying and to didn't speak know the French. word. Fuck him.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, they'll be like, okay, well, I can help you with that. Yeah. Right? Um,
1: it's nice. And you like
0: helping. Yeah. And if you don't know how to say something, they'll tell you. And then you've learned something. Yeah. everyone wins
1: yeah Um, there was another question Uh, would love to know how much construction slash trade experience you (laughs) had before you started the work
0: even less than our French wasn't it yeah zero because you know like many people of our generation we would never owned a house so, therefore, we were never in a position to actually carry out any DIY. Because if we did, we'd get kicked out of our rented accommodation. Yeah, we
1: couldn't even put a picture up on the wall.
0: No. So, um, absolutely nothing. Mm. But, you know, YouTube's a great place. Um, you know, just like like I said before, get on with it.
1: Yeah. Have a go. Have a go. So, um, there are some more... <laughs> Where do you get your protein from?
0: <laughs> Next question. From the vegan. <laughs> um,
1: oh, I've lost it now. I've lost my page. Um, <laughs> do you still have a stop sign <laughs> at the bottom of your road?
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we do. Um, so our our property's got dual access.
2: Mm.
1: As do, does our neighbour, our neighbour also has dual access to his property.
0: Right, yeah, a lot of properties do, I suppose. Mm. Um, but the tricky thing about ours was that because it was uninhabited for some time, and the previous owner didn't really seem to care either. People had spent the last decade or so driving through property mm. thinking it was a road um and uh well it ain't <laughs> <laughs> basically yeah. so uh what better way to ingratiate yourself with your local community <laughs> than just put whopping great stop signs up at either either end and say the english have arrived you're not allowed to m- drive through here like you used to mm. for the most part everyone's been lovely about it yeah uh, you know everyone that actually lives here has been like oh is this is this private property and we're like yeah Sorry, I know it's pain, you've got to go the other way. I'm like, no problem. Yeah. That like, lovely old lady down the road. Yeah. You know. She was uh, like,
1: You need to get a swim <laughs> Yeah.
0: Yeah. And she was just like, and she was literally just driving through. And I was like, stop. <laughs> stop, please. And uh, you know, you could have expected that conversation to go horribly wrong, really, couldn't you? Yeah. Be like, well, screw you guys. Oh, oh, oh. So, the, so the theme tunes just started playing in our ears. <laughs> it's because we've been talking for ages. <laughs> anyway, ignore that. Um she uh she came over and um Is it really
1: off putting
0: <laughs> 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 Um You remember they can't hear it. Oh okay. Unless I leave it in.
1: No.
0: <laughs> um so, yeah, she she drove in. And, yeah, I mean, imagine that conversation with people in the UK. They'd be like, whoa, well, I'm going to drive through here anyway. <laughs> right? And uh, she was great. Yeah, she's She cool. was just like, I'd do the same thing. Yeah. She's like, look at your view. I'd be shutting it off too if I were you.
1: Right,
0: thanks. <laughs> um, the only time we've had trouble is local walking associations. Yeah. Which, unsurprisingly, are full of English people.
1: Walk the other way, guys.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it was them who were the most entitled about it. Yeah. They started walking towards the property, saying, sorry, look, you can't walk along here. we got guests in.
1: Yeah, that uh, was embarrassing.
0: You know, uh, it's, uh, it's private. And they just carried on walking.
1: Yeah. You can believe it. They're really rude. Like, no, sure. no, no, no,
0: you, you, you turn around and fuck off, man. <laughs> 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 um, and yeah, one of them... One of them went to the mayor, didn't Mm. he? And was like, oh, you know, you can't stop my local walking association from coming through here.
1: It's public. I'm like, well. You know
0: what the mayor said? (laughs) He said, if it's private, it's private. Get over it. Walk somewhere else. (laughs) 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 Love it.
1: Such a legend.
0: Our mayor's top lad.
1: Top lad.
0: Lad, Um, lad. Yeah. So it's pretty irritating that, Mm. really the processor' of trying to put some nice gates on it, but we haven't got any money. Yeah, we haven't got any money. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, yes, basically, we do still have the stop sign at the bottom of the road. But we've got a nice-looking sign at the top where people come in. Yeah. Where our post box is.
1: Yeah, which has fallen over in all that wind.
0: Yeah, we had a big storm.
1: going to have to put it back up again. Yeah. <clears throat> well, they were all the um, serious questions... actually I've got a question okay and you okay so what has been the best and worst thing about living here oh my god don't say living with
0: me well (laughs) Yeah. For the can worst. I, can I put that as my <laughs> answer for both? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think genuinely, like, us getting our life back is the best thing about living here. And mm. I, I, it sounds really cheesy, but it's true. Like, we have the freedom to live the life that we want to live. We are in charge of our destiny here. We're in charge of our schedule. And we have great home life and a, and a family life mm. now, which is something that we would never have been able to facilitate in the UK. So I'm very happy about that. The worst thing. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword, really. It can get pretty lonely
2: mm.
0: sometimes. It just so happens that I really enjoy being on my own. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> quite a, quite an introverted. Oh, it doesn't seem like it. Everyone I say this to is always like, what? I'm quite an introverted person. And I think you're probably the same. Mm. So... I really enjoy just like a bit of peace and quiet and being just left the fuck alone. <laughs> 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 so I can just sit there on the sofa and like cuddle the dogs and just chill.
1: I think yeah. there's a difference between like being alone and feeling alone though, isn't there? Yeah,
0: yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, of course, right? And I I, I do miss miss my mates mm. in the UK and I miss miss the the daily interactions that come with that. Like I think having a job is quite, quite a good thing mm. for people like us who are introverted because it's like it gets you out of the house and it makes you <laughs> interact with human beings. Yeah. Um, which I enjoy when I'm ultimately forced to do so. Mm. And I don't do it otherwise. No. <laughs> is that fair? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, it's definitely a double-edged sword. I appreciate the peace and quiet. I love it. Oh, my God. I mean, you just walk outside and you can't hear anything. There's nothing. You just hear the birds just twittering off in the distance you can almost hear the lake at the bottom just mm. shimmering away it's Just nothing and you go to it like any city or any town even in the UK and it's just a hum mm. it's just a
2: mm.
0: and I'm like what
2: mm. what is that noise
0: yeah so there's a rumble everywhere But you come here and like it's so quiet you can hear your ears ringing yeah and I love it <laughs> but then you can think I'm Completely alone <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah, um, and you know you combine that with the language barrier and the physical distance between you and you know the people that you've grown up with and the people that you know from from back in the uk mm. and um, you can feel quite isolated um, so you, you have to be very comfortable in your home and with the people that are in it, and I think if we didn't have a functional marriage Mm. then we wouldn't be sitting here yeah you know yeah because you could just go a little crazy Mm. (laughs) um but i like that
1: yeah i agree do you have different answers great points to be honest no like i think the same thing like i miss my friends I have very little.
0: (laughs) You have little friends? How tall are they?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Really small. (laughs) No, I mean, I don't have a lot of friends. But the friends that I do have, like, I do miss. Yeah. And that's the one thing, like, I have noticed. Like, when we first came over here, the first year, I think it, you know, actually, I think it's just this winter. We've actually had time to slow down and just calm down a bit. And that's when you're like... Oh, actually, kind of, kind of miss my friends because
0: <laughs> we were so invested in the work and the property before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There was no time to sit around and, th- and wallow in your loneliness. Was
1: yeah, um, yeah. But the best thing is definitely yeah, hundred percent. We've ha- got our life back, and we've built a new life, and it's just I wouldn't change it. Um, one, someone said to me the other day, like, "Oh, if you had one wish, what would you wish?" And I was like, uh, w- "If you had one wish that you could, um, like change something about your life, what would you do?" And I was like, "Well, nothing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't change anything. Like, I'm so happy here, and I'm so happy with my life. Like, I could ask for like a million pounds or a million euros or whatever, but like, I don't want that. Mm. Like, I have everything I could ever want."
0: I feel like if I had authority to do so, I would wish for our friends to have made the same decision that we've made and yeah. come and live here with us.
1: Come and live here with us.
0: Because um, that that would be the dream. Yeah. But that's not a wish for us, is it? That's a wish for them. So we we can't can't wish for that.
1: Yeah. Come on guys. Over you come.
0: <laughs> I think there will be more people uh like us doing a similar thing.
1: Yeah.
0: Um once people realise that they're basically financially crippled in the UK. Mm. And here, here is a, you know, a way out.
1: Yeah.
0: There are sacrifices that come with it. But yeah. But I don't think they, they amount to the same sacrifices that we would have made continuing the life that we were having.
1: Yeah. Those things don't matter. Okay?
0: And you think they do. You think they matter. Yeah. But, but they, they don't.
1: don't. Not at all.
0: Mm. Right. Okay.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that, that's that then. <laughs> so,
0: um, that about wraps it up for this week. Mm. What are we going to talk about next week?
1: I don't know.
0: We'll have a think about it. We'll get back to you. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. And um, we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. Bye-bye.